0: Together. Thanks
1: for listening to the KC Morning Show.
0: Everything's running smoothly.
1: Yo, yo, yo! Yo! What is going on? My name's Hartzell. What's Kitty at? Yeah. Kitty's still asleep? Yeah, Kitty's still asleep. And this right here, it's your KC Morning Oh, baby. I haven't had my coffee yet. Leave me alone. A happy Friday, a yippee-fry-yay to the KC Morning Hoes. You know, we are taking a break this week. Full show of the KC Morning Show back in your feeds on Monday, but we promised you something new. Promised you something brand new on this Friday morning. Sean Edwards and myself, Fox 4 Film Critic, KC Morning Show Film Critic, Sean Edwards, we are bringing you a brand new show. Watch this. A look back at the week through the lens of media. Living life in this new normal. We're going to talk about it. We're going to watch some shows. We're going to play some flicks. We're going to talk some things out. And we're going to have fun doing it. And probably going to be a little lit doing it. So consider this that backdoor pilot, my friends. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Again, full show. Myself, Kitty, Benny Heist, Sean Edwards, back in your KC Morning Show feeds with that full show on Monday. But for now, my friends, enjoy this. Watch this. See what I did there? See what I did there? You're gonna dig it. We'll see you in the morning. Bye. you
2: can murder revolutionary, but you can't murder revolution. King Kong ain't got on me. Your five
3: dollar ass down before I make change. Well, the secret is, you got to coordinate. Damn! Good morning, my neighbors! Hey, f*** you! Yes! Yes! F*** you, too! Get out!
2: Either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's going on in the hood. We
1: didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. How Are How you feeling, baby?
2: Man, I'm good, man. I love we, this concept. We, we might have went a little it. long. We might have gone a little long, but it's the intro. We want y'all the to know. pilot. Do people know what a pilot is? Have you ever been on a flight with a drunk pilot? They're After all... I saw a Flight starring Denzel Washington, I always checked. Sean, I am so
1: happy we did this, man. This we're just great. breaking down, honestly, we're just breaking down media man, and been this new normal. It's been good, it's been good, man. Real talk. We've been trying to, you know, figure out what is a synopsis of this show. And I don't even know if talk. we know yet.
2: You know, it's it's really real talk about pop culture. Absolutely. It's real talk about things people out here watching, things people are experiencing. You know, we're both like media professionals, so we're sort of like putting our media professional lens on what, what people are out here watching, what they're experiencing, what they're doing, whether it's through like traditional broadcast, streaming, social media. We're just talking about it. Cute girls only, baby. And the Marg's always cold. Yeah, no, sugar on I, the rim. Why,
1: why are we trying to pretend that we hard? No, we're no. we not tough, y'all. It's I a sugar like rim.
2: Salt. I don't like anything bitter. Sean Edwards. I don't like anything bitter, but some cute girls in El Poblito. Props up to my man Israel. This is a dope spot. We appreciate you. If you're that, ever man. if you're ever in Kansas City, hit up El Poblito. They have the best patio, especially at night. You might hear some gunshots and some cars burning rubber. Don't get scared. That's just how it goes down. It's, it's safe. It's called ambiance. It's safe. It's Ladies ambiance. Gentlemen. Southwest That's Boulevard,
1: it. baby. It's, it's it really is safe. Sean Edwards, this is God's country, baby. What you saying? This is the Heartland, my friend. Little,
2: you keep saying. I'm confused by Heartland. What does that mean? So heart, like there's a like a beat here.
1: Or? Yes, it, we are the. Heartland. Heartbeat of a nation of no. new york
2: i didn't say i thought brooklyn was the heartbeat of the
1: country sean edwards sean I'm Edwards. i'm just saying you understand like we, got we gotta who, take the show to brooklyn though we got people who not we got people listening who will not be from this no, area I know. KC's cool. But let them know where let, let them know where we came from. No, you no, know? KC's cool. KC's cool. If we can figure it out in KC, that means we can make it anywhere. Yeah, man. you
2: can make it in Kansas. City. You can literally make it anywhere, including Topeka.
1: Sipping on this margarita. Cheers, brother. Hey, yeah, cheers. Yeah, I know. Cheers, man. El Plablito,
2: baby. So what yeah. is this thing? This is called Watch This. Yeah, because we watch everything, then we break it down, we discuss it, we talk about it, you know, have a little conversation about everything that we check out and see how y'all feeling about. About it, what y'all think about it, you know how we do. How are we living life in the new
1: normal? I mean, real I'm talk, good, Sean, man. let's talk, let's talk this out. I mean, I'm real good. talk, nine minutes and 29 seconds that was a viral clip that just changed the world.
2: Yeah, it changed the world. These man. are things
1: we got to talk about now. We are all living, we're living through some kind of media. Yeah, everybody, right?
2: Everybody's watching something, you know? Yeah, yeah, we content is king, and content, and content is everywhere, and uh. Yeah, we just want to represent in this post-pandemic era. You know? We want to
1: represent together. We want to explore yeah. it together. We got folks yeah, walking in good, here. Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. I
2: got my nice. two shots, but I'm still masking up when I
1: can because people are nasty. Quick intro for both of us. For those who don't know who the hell we are, let's give them a little bit of an intro. My name is Hartzell Gray, radio and TV guy from Kansas City, Sean yeah, Edwards.
2: Yeah, yeah. What's up, man? Hey, I'm Sean your, Edwards. Your bio uh, goes too long. You want to nah,
1: go ahead and give re- we'll these basics. receipts.
2: Basics, basics. Give them these receipts, Sean. Basics. Tell these folks who, Fox, who is. 4, Fox 4 News, film critic, been at that spot for a couple of decades decades, just breaking down movies, breaking down stuff to streams, interviewing famous people that make movies. So I've been doing that for a minute. Uh, I'm also the co-founder of the African-American Film Critics Association, a group of black film critics, all of us hanging out, doing our thing. Current board member on the Critics Choice Association, and uh, just working on a couple of projects. You know, I produced that celebration of Black Cinema event yes, that aired sure did. this past February. It was
1: excellent. Yeah, uh,
2: I'm in the lab right now working on something for the 50th anniversary of hip hop in 2023. We back, there. Yes, yeah, I'm working with my boy P. Frank Williams on that. So excellent. we're gonna do something special for. Got to represent, man. Got to represent for the 50th <laughs> anniversary of, of hip hop. So trying to you know trying to do that got a couple other things I'm working on but you know just trying to kick off this watch this podcast people told me I need to do a podcast it's time I rejected it until time. until my man Hartzell so hollered at me I said let's let's do this man
1: and if I can pull back the curtain just a little bit more yo listen it's a dream come true I grew up listening to this man oh wow all don't right, act cool. like y'all don't know about them popcorn bags and like here's what I love about all this that yeah, in this it's crazy, in this new normal right? that we're doing. It's Man, we're gonna, we gonna break down this stuff together. Like I'm, I'm living the dream because it's our turn. You helped me develop my voice, and Man, now we're gonna break that, this down.
2: Like the thing, though, know, when you said, you used "I love to, it." You said you used to watch me, so now I'm trying to do the math. So you watch me growing up. Now we're doing the podcast together, hanging out. In dating women the same age. That's crazy. I love the new normal. Oh, my God. I love crazy. the new normal, baby. M-
1: hey, what's up? How you doing? Did you watch that Friends reunion? As my man work. Watch him as he works, ladies and gentlemen.
2: See, El Poblito's my spot. Nobody, We got, we got no Friends who, news coming up. No one who comes to El Poblito has watched friends yo i love this
1: spot because they give you these big margaritas man it's, <laughs> like, it's like sipping on this big
2: nice. ass drink yeah i had to get a goldfish put in mine because this mug is as big as a fishbowl
1: you know when we break down some of these things especially yeah. as we talk about the news of the week as we talk about life this is a new this is a new entertainment
2: a new entertainment concept yeah you know more importantly we want everybody out there listening we want you to have some fun and hopefully you learn something you know hopefully we bring in some knowledge you know hopefully there's some giggles some laughter let's set up right man we we're we sitting here in el poblito broadcasting live yeah in kansas city missouri southwest
1: man. boulevard
2: I, mean, I, I i could eat mexican food like like i love mexican food i can eat mexican food every day let's cheers it up
0: though we got these real quick sean
1: let's get to the queue <laughs> yes let's get to your news in the queue
0: well this is news that is swallowing up the tournament naomi osaka has withdrawn from the tournament if you've just started following the french open you might know that late last week she told through social media that she didn't want to speak to the press and uh that created quite a stir she was in danger uh, when all four majors got together and said that she was to be fined fifteen thousand dollars and maybe suspended or defaulted if she kept it up well Today, she has written again on social media. I'll just read parts of it. Hey, everyone, this isn't a situation I ever imagined or intended when I posted a few days ago. I think now the best thing for the tournament, the other players, and my well-being is that I withdraw so that everyone can get back to focusing on the tennis going on in Paris. I never wanted to be a distraction. And I accept that my timing was not ideal and my message could have been clearer. More importantly, I would never trivialize mental health or use the term lightly. Here's the part that kills me. The truth is that I have suffered long bouts of depression since the U.S. Open in 2018. That's the famous final against Serena. The
2: thing I love about her so much is she represents everything that's right now. She's young. She's intelligent. She's biracial. She's loved across the globe. She understands the power of social media. Yeah, I just think what she did, man, like that's like, I think what she did was, was number one, was the right thing to do. I thought it was brave. I thought it was bold. And and now you got all these people coming at them. And I'm like, yo, you keep coming at my girl. I'll never watch tennis again.
1: I'm big on players reclaiming their time, man. Like I'm all about this athlete empowerment movement that we seem to be going for the longest time to go way back to OJ. I'm not black. I'm just OJ. You know and maybe, one of the dopest Jay-Z songs ever. First off, I hope she's... I hope she's getting the help that she needs. That no, that's the most important thing. Yeah, get that help, girl. Get that help. When the you, backlash is so stupid. When you don't change the status quo, we attack each other. When you don't attack the system, we attack each other. And look at them. You know, the power structure said, whoa, you trying to flex on us? Instead of, you know, let's take in this this girl's health into account, they said, no, you, you can't do that to that's us. Selfish. And what did she say? She said, no, you can't do that to me. Right, right. And that's huge. And so, like... You know, we've been giving Naomi so much credit this week, and as she should get even more and more praise. But as we do that, I hope people will also remember that she's living through this. Yeah, you know, yeah. I hope she's getting what she needs. You well, know what I mean? she also
2: let them know, she let these people know, ain't going to be no more 1921 race massacres. No, <laughs> that's no. over. That's, that's not going to ever happen again. Well, Just to let you know.
1: One of the reasons why we love doing this show is that we get a chance to see, like, the headlines in real time, but also the media that accompanies said headlines (laughs) and it's wild man because you know you you basically start the week on a monday and you see basically how the storylines are going to play out for the week opens up
2: and unfolds man how we got here
1: and so what i love about what we're going to do is that we're going to break it down in real time the stuff that they are feeding us in this narrative well yeah hold on let's let's pump some breaks on that and break it down
2: yeah well speaking of feeding us and narratives i got forced to watch the fringe reunion
0: oh my god here we go Where's the tissue box? The cost of friends.
3: Woo! Wow. Does Courtney still have her lines written on the table? We've literally just Aww. slipped right back. <laughs> we regret. We have such a bond
4: from this show.
1: Were Ross and Rachel on a break?
4: Yes. Yes.
2: Yes.
1: Yes. Both. How'd it go?
2: It was like right. like I can see if you were a fan, you would love it. I was bored to death because I absolutely 100 percent didn't care about any of those people and what they're doing. 16 years later, it's funny. I've actually interviewed all six of those people, and none of them are cool. And not a single solitary interview
1: like sticks out. And this is why you Uh-oh, don't you're jumping on. You got fans you in the girls. house. Hey, yeah, up, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up,
3: girls? This see? will be broadcasting oh, live, y'all. Live on the spot. In real time.
2: A-
1: Come on now. We talking the Friends
2: reunion. Did you watch that garbage? Your mom didn't watch the Friends reunion either. This is why you don't meet your heroes,
1: y'all. Yo. This is yeah. why you don't.
2: They were asking for this for years, now, and guess you watched what? watched Friends? Nothing. See, she hasn't watched. Oh, yeah, Grey's Anatomy, Shonda Rhimes all day. Season yeah, 1002. Yeah. yeah, Grey's Anatomy's dope. Shonda Rhimes forever. I love how the Friends reunion did a master class in how you duck and dodge a controversy, though, because the whole issue of how there were never any black people really or Hispanic people or Asian people incorporated into the show, they so dodged and ducked that. And then they did these montages where they had these alleged, like, people who watch Friends give these testimonials, and they went over and out of their way to use, like, blacks, Hispanics, and Asians talking about how much they love
1: watching Friends. Now that's a new one. I, yeah, hey, I points like, for wow. creativity, yeah, Sean. Yeah. I gotta give them points because the for producers
2: that. of the show are suckers because they never really addressed it either. They like, you know, I'm like, okay, moving on.
1: So this is the move, right? Every network's got to have a reunion show. Is that what this is about? I, guess, I, don't, I don't like the. Reun- I didn't really. I didn't
2: even really like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion show
1: over COVID. Who did the best reunion special? I got my oh, take. Oh, that's a good one. Parks and Rec. Oh, the Parks and Rec so reunion special was. Excellent,
3: my friend.
2: What are you doing? Are you in your cabin?
3: I am. I come up here to hunt meat so I don't have to go to the grocery store. I've built up about a 12-year supply of venison jerky. I can ship you some. You probably have to get your incisor teeth sharpened. Ew, no. When you travel, are you practicing social distancing? I've been practicing social distancing since I was four years old. Sean, movies are back. The pandemic, according
1: to Hollywood, is over. What's the move? Where are we going? What are we going to watch? I guess people
2: are sort of going back to the movies, man. They did well at the box office, but they it's had real? two really good movies. Yeah, it I mean, we well. had A Quiet Place Part 2. You know, people have been waiting a long time to see that. It's sort of like a horror, sci-fi thriller. That's going to bring some people out.
3: The court accepts the existence of God. Every time a witness swears to tell the truth, I think it's about time they accept the existence
0: of the devil.
4: You okay there? Jesus.
0: I think I hurt someone. In 1981, Arnie Johnson pled not guilty.
3: We think this family was cursed.
0: By reason of demonic possession. I am not going before a grand jury and saying he was possessed by
1: demons. Ever happened that day
2: that was not learning then you had cruella which is the disney movie for family so people were like yeah i'm tired of sitting around
0: from the very beginning i realized i saw the world differently than everyone else that didn't sit well with some people
2: but i wasn't for everyone
0: I guess they were always scared
2: that I'd be a psycho. <laughs> the CDC is Hollywood's biggest friend. One CDC said you don't have to wear the mask anymore. That helped. If there was still been a mask mandate like in place, I don't think they would have done as well. So I'm like, yo, People are trying to go back to the movies. Have you been out yet? You done it? Yeah, I've done it, but only in in public, though. Only in private. Well, I'm spoiled, number one. I mean, I haven't been a damn film critic for 20 years and not have no perks. Uh, I still prefer watching stuff at home because I can watch it whenever I damn feel pleased to watch it. But I've gone out to a couple of screenings they set up for me because I want to see the movie on a big screen. I'm not sure I want to go back in public. It's not a health thing. I, it's an annoying thing. Half the people who come, I'm like, did you come to watch a movie or check on your phone? Will you please stop talking? You know, people chew too loudly. It's always that one guy who sits in your row who has to pee five times during the movie. Like I don't I don't like any of that. So I'm I'm never gonna I'm I'm never gonna like that and then the concessions are overrated. Like there's there's nothing they can serve that I can't make better at my house.
1: Sean, be honest with me. Has the game changed when Disney made that move? When they right. said you could have that premier access, when HBO Max yeah, partnered yeah, yeah up. Yeah, yeah. All right, is the game is the game changed? Yeah, the game's totally it's changed. It's, no, it's not over no, no, no. For going it's to not the movies. O- or what? It's
2: not over, but the game has changed. It's much better for the consumer because now you can be like yeah, I want to go out, and you have that option and that right to go out. If you want to get off your couch, jump in a car, and drive somewhere and watch a movie, you can do that. But if you totally want to watch it at home, you totally got that You totally got that power where you can watch it at home with your family. I, I like the option. Like So the consumer has options now where before you didn't. You were forced to do it this way or that way, and now you can do it any way you want. So I guess everybody's Burger King
1: now. <laughs> Have it your way, says Sean Edwards. Yeah. For most shows, that would be it, Sean. Right, right, right. No no no, 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 no. No, no, no. I
2: think we go bigger, right? Yeah. I think we go what bigger, are we right? What about? Because if it's something cool or
1: something important, I'm going to need another margarita. Yeah, though. I need you to go ahead and take a big old sip because you're going to Tulsa, Sean Edwards. You ready to go to Tulsa?
4: Let's do it, man. I have to give a big round of applause to my band, Sexual Chocolate. Well, President Biden traveled to Tulsa, Oklahoma, Tuesday, to mark the 100th anniversary of the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre, one of the single greatest acts of racist terror in U.S. history. Over a span of 18 hours, a white mob burned down what was known as Black Wall Street, the thriving African American neighborhood of Greenwood in Tulsa. An estimated 300 African Americans were killed. On Tuesday, Biden became the first U.S. president to visit the scene of the massacre, where he paid honor to the victims and the few remaining survivors.
0: In the morning, the mob terrorized Greenwood, torches and guns, shooting at will, a mob tied a black man by the waist to the back of their truck with his head banging along the pavement as they drove off. A murdered black family draped over the fence of their home. Mother Randall said it was like a war. Mother Fletcher says all these years later, she still sees black bodies around. 100 years ago, less than 24 hours, in less than 24 hours, 1,100 black homes and businesses were lost
2: it's an incredibly sad chapter in American history that for some reason was completely ignored. I mean, and I've had these conversations with with people of different ethnicities and I've I've always been a person who's curious of what were they taught in terms of history? It's shocking. I've literally dated people who don't know a damn thing about american history and that's the
1: thing sometimes it's not what they have been taught it's what they haven't been taught so
2: when you went to school every day and you went to your history class what the hell did they teach you like i literally have like i literally dated and hung out with people who didn't know who thurgood marshall was didn't know who shirley chisholm was like they they didn't realize that black people got lynched at an incredible rate in the early 1900s like I'm like what the hell is going on so people not knowing that this took place 100 years ago did not surprise me it's it's such a sad and incredible chapter of history and I I honestly don't think it would have been a big deal in us recognizing the 100th anniversary if it wasn't for the HBO show Watchmen absolutely in the HBO absolutely. show Lovecraft Country absolutely. because each of those each of those TV series featured the massacre in a small way during their last season's run and I, I think that really like opened a lot of people's eyes and then you started hearing all these whispers about because the area that, that where this took place was dubbed the Black Wall Street and you know you would hear little things about I mean I was fully aware because I, I had dope Dope parents that were borderline, you know, they were all about black power in the
1: movement. He's got the uniform on as we speak. Y'all can see this.
2: I I definitely (laughs) did not. I definitely did not grow up in an ignorant household. And I had pretty aware grandparents, too. And we'll touch on that later in the show because there's some historical stuff in relationship to where I come from and my family tree. But we weren't ignorant to the fact of some things that went on because we got our own things we had to deal with back in the day. So I was well aware of the, the 1921 massacre. But I, it's just, man, it's astonishing that something like that happened and it just got swept under the rug. But it's not surprising because they're trying to do the same thing with everything that happened on January 6th. So you can see how easy it is because back then, media wasn't at the level that it's at now. So it was super easy to sweep that under the rug.
1: We've come to a point, Sean. Like this is that inflection point that everybody talks about because you can't plead ignorance anymore. Because nah. now it's getting to the point that you're telling me what I saw and what I know right. isn't exactly. real. Exactly, it's crazy. And it's like, how do we talk to that yeah, person? I stupid. don't know. Man. It's so
2: it's so crazy. But look, American history is tricky. The fact is, there were three incredible documentaries. Yeah, you got a list. Yeah, some. yeah. There, there Let's were three, break those. Yeah, there were three incredible documentaries produced that I watched, and for the first time ever, Russell Westbrook beat LeBron James. <laughs> Russell Westbrook was the executive producer on one of the documentaries. He actually did the one that aired on the History Channel called Tulsa Burning the 1921 Race Massacre and it was actually the best of the three that I watched. The destruction was so complete,
1: the suffering was so biblical, the betrayal was so profound. Black communities deserve the opportunity to confront the past. Our city has been stuck since then, Mm -hmm. we've never recovered. Tulsa
2: was the best place in the nation for African-Americans. It was, it was compelling. It was thorough. It, it had the best interviews. And the thing that blew me away is there are still actually survivors that were living back in 1921. And I'm like, I wish I grew up in Greenwood because they were like 102, 104. 106. Did you see the testimony Yo, that she gave in Congress? Oh, my God. That lady that was 106, she should get two checks, because why is she sexier than Tiffany Haddish? And she's 106. All right, the second best documentary was the one actually produced by LeBron James. No, nah, she was sexier than Tiffany Haddish, man. Yeah, Come how on. was this? How Come LeBron on. do? LeBron did is he picking up? Is he picking up Kobe's mantle? Well, Kobe did that animated short. LeBron's been producing stuff. Yep. He and his partner, Maverick Carter, are actually really good producers. There was nothing that you could not do. From executive producers LeBron James and Maverick Carter.
0: People call it Black Wall Street.
2: White Tulsa's murdered Black folks.
3: Victims were buried in unmarked graves. There was a systematic cover-up.
1: We have a responsibility to find the truth. Dreamland, the burning of Black Wall Street.
2: But his was cool because I like the way that it had a lot of little animated interludes so sort of to give you like a, a broader perspective. But they had the same sort of elements like interviews from the survivors, testimonials. I just thought the one that Russell Westbrook produced was, a, was a, just a wee bit more compelling. And then the third one, it hit, the bronze was called Dreamland, The Burning of Black Wall Street. And that's on uh, HBO Max right now. The third one was Tulsa, The Fire and the Forgotten. And that was on PBS
1: an unruly white mob destroyed part of this city which was the black community tulsa and the state of oklahoma have never made amends for that
3: if we can give them some better idea of what happened and where the remains of their family members are that's the goal
2: until they obtain justice for the descendants there
4: can't be healing
2: and because it was on PBS, it was a little dry, like most things on PBS. I needed the Kool-Aid man to break through the wall to give this documentary a little flavor. I was like, what are we doing? The other two documentaries went for the jugular. This one was designed for the other folk. They were like, this is what happened, but we don't want to make you feel too guilty. Because the other two were like, you guilty as f-. <laughs>
1: When we come back, we got some interviews. Sean Edwards, the industry insider. Ooh, is that the segment's title? I guess, industry man. Let's go insider. with it. Industry insider. I don't hate that at all. If I get
2: another margarita and some street tacos, we can make it official. It's about to be a whole lot of things with yeah, a few more of those. Man.
1: Watch this. We'll be right back. My name is Hartzell. Sean Edwards sitting across- Stop. El Poblito, baby! Broadcasting live from Kansas City. You know, because you were flexing earlier. I gotta let these folks know I'm a uh, somebody too. You know, I gotta. You know, I'm the voice of sport in Kansas no, City. Yeah, you are. Major you League are. Soccer man, voice Major of the League Kansas soccer.
2: City Monarchs. Man, you do it. I mean, how do you, man? Like, you just go from stadium KCUR. to stadium. you are. You like an arena rocker, man. You always, you always at a, you always at a, at a stadium, man. Yelling and screaming. I'm like falling man, off or something. I'm like, what is going on, man? This dude is, this dude is everywhere, man. Well, I'm everywhere. You everywhere. You talked to some. folks. I used to be everywhere. Then the pandemic hit. But now you, still found, in house.
1: you still find a way to talk to some folks? Yeah, we
2: Zoom. I think, yeah, this, yeah. I think
1: this interview was excellent. we talk Let's talk about baby. it. Let's talk some Conjuring, man. It's
2: going to be big. This is the best of the Conjuring movies. And it's been like a whole bunch of them. Oh, he said it. No, no. This is the best of oh, the Conjuring movies. Like the first one and this one. And this one's better than the first one. And there have been a bunch of Conjuring movies, including those stupid Annabelle movies. So who did you talk to, Sean? I got a chance to catch up with my man, Patrick Wilson. He's real oh, cool. Nice and my there, girl, huh? Via, for me. Who I'm crushing on big time. That's my. That's my style. That's my. You know how people ask you what's your type. Uh huh. That's my type. That's why I missed the in
1: person. We back, baby. Man. Let's knock out that interview real quick, and then after that, follow it up with one of your reviews. All right, cool. The Conjuring. Watch this.
4: Assume the f-ing position. Uh, put your up. Say it loud.
2: Hey guys how you doing good how Hi, you? how's good. it going how you doing Vera we have another conjuring on our hands this is movie number what I lose track this
3: is movie number what Vera three 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 in the conjuring franchise this is the fourth one that we've done as Ed and Lorraine but this is number three for conjuring
2: wow did you ever imagine you would do so many
3: um you know look uh, you know I I imagined that knowing knowing the the plethora of cases that they investigated knowing that i was going to be surrounded by really great people you know in terms of james wan being at the helm and um patrick by my side i i thought yeah you know if we play our cards right here there could be opportunity to to do more and um but this is oh yeah this is this is awesome to 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 think that it had spawned an entire like all these other it's mind blowing.
2: It's mind. Yeah, it's great. It's a terrific franchise. Now, Patrick, in this movie though, um, it's a little different. Not only is it a little darker, but the storyline sort of plays out differently this time around. Tell the people how so without giving anything away. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're it's the case of Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, who was the, it was the first case in American history that where homicide, uh, where demonic possession was used as an alibi for uh, homicide. So. Already, you know, with no disrespect to the other, uh, either the the Parent family or the Hodgson family from number one and two, respectively, um, of the Conjuring films, this is a this this was a real murder and um, a real life lost here. So it automatically grounds it in a much, uh, you know, much more tragic way. So it automatically becomes much darker. So with that, now we're into the court system. Now we're working with the police. Now we're trying to solve another crime. So all of a sudden, it 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 doesn't. It, it's not set up just as a horror film, whereas you know one of the things that the Conjuring franchise has always done is try to look beyond just the typical sort of horror movie, right? We that's we, true. We believe in character and relationships and our marriage and you know love there's always romance that that goes throughout this this franchise and that's really important to us as actors and as 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 creators of this stuff because we want an enjoyable movie yes for horror fans but also to uh, with a much broader base so this film really goes into more of a thriller territory um and i would also argue i mean it it becomes really the most romantic of any of these which is not something that people would put in in a horror film but certainly it's you see where ed and lorraine met and it's uh it's and how that weaves into the plot it's 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 pretty pretty wonderful
2: yeah i'm still blown away that there are so many people who are possessed by the devil
3: i mean it it looks like you guys i I
2: just i know it's all based off of real life stuff but patrick does that ever blow your mind i didn't realize so many people
3: were possessed by the devil i mean what's what's going on there has been you know what's crazy sean is there there there's a rise in just i'm just going to give you some information you can do it what you will but there okay. has been a rise of exorcisms even within the past few years so you know i listen i don't spend a lot of time in my own life thinking about the devil it's just not worth it it's just like what like what what good does that do you know it doesn't there's never a hey this may help me somehow to think about the devil like that's never going to happen so uh, it does confuse me Um, That being said, I, I, it is fascinating to me, but it's not, it's no different in, you know, uh, without getting too deep, religious fanaticism is, uh, is, is really, um, it's scary, right? I mean, it's scary on, on both ends, to be honest with you. So uh, it's uh, to, to even uh, 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 dig your, heals into that a little bit to even just kind of touch into, you know, this fascination with the occult. Um, it's very, uh, it's very scary stuff because it's not explained, right? We want everything to be explained. We want everything tangible, but it's just, it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. It certainly doesn't happen in a, in a, in a, in a, in a horrible case like this. It's just, it's no, there's no easy way to connect the dots, you know? Cause even if you say, I don't believe in it, like, this guy that never has done this before he's never and he's never been violent before or after all of a sudden he just stabbed someone repeatedly over and it's horrible it's a horrible case and yet you know he says he's possessed I don't know well that's a great way to end this interview thank you both for your time and
2: uh I'll just end it like this job security (laughs) speaking of watch this it's a must watch like, there have been, like, eight Conjuring movies in The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, which is the subtitle. It's the best of the eight. You know, when you're dealing with this exorcism stuff, like, I'm scared to death of it anyway because it's stuff that can actually happen in real life. At, and the radio
1: station, they used to send a sage in the promo kit oh, man. when this See, came out, when I the first play. one came out. I don't play. I would have threw that like, in the trash.
2: They're just recreating stuff that happened in real life, like, which is nuts to me. I don't me. like that, Sean. But I don't like one, that, Sean. This one's dope, though, because, you know, Patrick Wilson and Via Farmiga, you know, they play this married couple that are on the case. And this is more like a real-life case because it, it turns into like a murder trial. Oh. So it's basically like a sophisticated episode of Law and Order, but it works. And it's scary. It's got the right amount of jump scares. The the acting's good. I it's 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 on point. It's it's focused and it delivers and it, it makes sense and it's hella 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 entertaining. And like I said, just scary enough to where if you take a date. You know, there's gonna be some some arm clutching, some lap jumping, <laughs> non sleeping, which is good because the less you sleep, the more playtime you have in bed. Meet the new normal, there same as the old yeah. normal. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? The conjuring the devil. The devil made me do it. I, I'm giving it four out of five popcorn bags all day. Every What's day? our
1: thing gonna be, Sean? Hold on. What's our thing gonna be? Let's just keep it. branded. I know, you know, it's hold on. Brandon. <laughs> But I don't want to reinvent. Alexa, trademark that. <laughs> All right, Sean. Now, this movie might be the one that gets me back to the theaters. The girlfriend's already said she wants to see it.
2: Oh, okay. That's wise. You got to preface that. You first, you got. You should have led with the girlfriend wants to see it.
1: All right. Well, hold on, hold on. I'm going I'm to pull it back a little bit. I will <laughs> oh, yeah. say this. One of the first cartoons I ever remember loving really? was that animated 101 Dalmatians. The no one with man. the dogs? I still watch it. We'll have Still? a Dalmatian plantation no, where all <laughs> our Dalmatians can roam. I don't even remember
2: seeing that. man. I'm glad it's happy hour because I definitely need that second margarita. Can you tell the mark's hitting? Cruella is out. I broke it down with Kirby Howe Baptiste. Excellent. She's great in the movie and she's Excellent. British. London's my second home, man. I, I love London. I love her. We were vibing. She's a newcomer. Not a lot of people know about her. I Can love I talking to you new people. Can I pause you for one second? Yeah.
1: You said London's your favorite. Does that mean that on this show we're going to be getting some London stories coming That's, up? We're going to get a lot Nine, of- On a few episodes? I got a lot of London stories. All right. Just a little tease I got me. a lot of okay. London
2: stories just from the fact that I got like three exes that live in London. <laughs> Rate and subscribe right
1: there, ladies and gentlemen. What else do you need? I
2: literally, I literally have three exes that live in London, but it's all good. I, I, I love this young lady. She's a newcomer. You may not be familiar with her, but she has some really cool things to say, especially- about working with Emma Stone and being a part of this whole Cruella experience.
1: I'm an Emma Stone fan, my friend. I I know you like her too. Yeah,
2: yeah, she's got that froggy voice.
1: So let's hit him with this interview.
2: Yeah, let's do it. And then we'll do a review after that. A review of the movie or Emma Stone?
1: Yes. (laughs) Let's
2: watch this. What's up, Kirby? How you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing fantastic. Hey, let's talk about this. Uh, Cruella, you got a chance to be in the mix. You're in the movie, you're in between Emma Thompson, <laughs> Emma Stone. I what was that whole experience like for you?
4: It was great. I mean, it was like it's interesting when you're part of something where there's like one lead, but when there's like these two powerhouses and you know, it was great. It was amazing to kind of watch them work. And then I think also all the supporting characters just do such a I think we all have our little moment of shine and our moment to kind of you know, make the story coalesce, which I think is beautiful.
2: No, nah, it's it's a, it's a really fun movie. Uh, what was the dance that you did when you found out you landed the role?
4: Oh, the happy dance? Yeah. Uh, I was like more stunned than anything. I, I honestly, I won't lie to you. I did not think the audition went well. I went to the audition and I left and I called my manager and I was like, i didn't get that one <laughs>
2: <laughs> it always that's, works that way it, it, it always it works is. that way <laughs>
4: even yeah, you you're like nailed it you never booked that job that's right the way that's,
2: that's that's so crazy like when you go back to when you were a kid do you ever remember 101 dalmatians
4: yeah i remember the cartoons i remember that the Glenn close uh version was like is the one i most remember because the cartoons was even then like you know that was slightly before my time oh yeah but yeah. what i more than anything is like i also i gotta tell you huge cruella Deville fan i was not that kid that got scared by her at all i thought she was fabulous from the beginning so for me to come and be part of this film was just a full circle moment
2: no that that's that's really cool that you had that connection now where are you where are you from where do you live
4: i'm from london so for me also a dream to work in london because that's where i'm from i know it that's that's me
2: That's what I was going to say. They shot most of this movie primarily in London, correct?
4: Yeah, like large parts of this film were shot 30 minutes from where my house is. So Uh, it was great.
2: Oh, that's very cool. Now, did you do most of it on a soundstage or did you get a chance to actually utilize some of London's fantastic locations?
4: Oh, like actually a lot of it is location. So we have, you know, you see the West End, you see uh, Liberty. So you've got that whole Oxford Street area um, or going on to Regent Street. And then we had like the Baroness's Hall was actually this incredible castle a little way outside of London. And then we had moments on a soundstage, but I don't think I've ever been on a soundstage that looked less like a soundstage. Like there's, I'm the person who watch a film and be like soundstage and clock it, and- <laughs> because of the the level of attention to detail is is it's like nothing I've ever worked on in my life before.
2: No, it, it's very cool, and and I love the whole vibe. I hope I love the whole look and the feel. Uh, talk about how it made you feel when you got all made up for this film because it really does take you to a different world.
4: Absolutely, yeah, it does, and I think I, I remember this from drama school. I think if I'm not in a second, it was Robert De Niro. And he said that you don't, you know, when you step into a character's shoes, that's when you become them, I think. But that's how it felt for me. You know, once I, you know, I show up in my, essentially, pajamas to set and then we do, we get the hair, the Afro, and then I'm putting on this, you know, not breathable polyester handmade suit and the shoes, like, it felt, to me, it's almost like, in a, in a film like this, 80% of your job is done just from hair and makeup and costume. And then the rest is, you know, that's that's your job to sort of take it to the finish line. But yeah, it was definitely, it was an easy way to work for sure.
2: Well, congratulations. Uh, you've been a pleasure to talk to. Uh, I, lo- I love your energy. I love your spirit. I can't see what you do next. So uh, cheers. You too. Yeah, I actually like Cruella. I wasn't expecting much. I, I didn't know what they were trying to do, but I love Emma Stone. <laughs> I, didn't I, I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know, man. Like these whole reboots and remakes and all, uh, you know, you know how Disney likes to twist it up. No, but I, I like Emma Stone. I like Emma Thompson. I, I thought they brought a lot of energy. The best part about it, though, I, I love the music cues. Like this is like the perfect Spotify playlist. Okay. I thought the music provided the, the right amount of energy, and the movie has a crazy twist at the end that completely worked. I think I just gave away stuff, but it does have a twist. If you know, you know. But Emma Stone was good, man. I liked her much better in Cruella than La La Land. I still don't know how she won an Oscar where she couldn't sing or dance in the
1: movie. When we come back, let's dive into this bag, huh? We call this The Bag. Oh, man. You've already trademarked the popcorn bag. Yeah, but The Bag's about that money. And uh, I'm
2: not going to give out any financial advice, but you need to hear this. Not watch this, but y'all need to hear this. We'll
1: be right back. Sean Edwards, tell me about these stonks, AMC. What's happening? Do I need oh to buy my, in? Now? No, no, no. Now,
2: is it too late? No, no, no. No, no, no. We're Dang. talking about the bag. This is where we break it down on the money side. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, please, I'm not giving you financial advice, but you need to hear this. Do
3: not buy AMC stock. and is on the phone now. We were trying to get him on. Uh, Pete, you have calls, new calls, I think, in, in AMC, right? Talk, talk to me about what, you, what you're doing, what you're seeing. 74% gain for AMC. Uh, as I look at my uh, fact set over here 76 yeah. percent. If we keep talking, it may just keep going to the moon
0: it, it could.
3: Well, you know tactically, I think what we're seeing here is that that this whole phenomenon that started in January and AMC by the way was a part of it in January. It wasn't just GameStop. The one difference was there was a huge discrepancy there though because with GameStop you're talking about a couple a hundred percent of, of the short. was in place and this was about a 20% short yeah it's moved up a little bit so you can see that there is some players in there getting involved and trying to be active and and maybe defending positions to some degree I mean that that could be a possibility I I would agree with Joe though I don't know why you'd want to fight this when you when you've watched and witnessed what happened with GameStop and we all watched the price that absolutely just skyrocketed at one point we were well over four hundred dollars a share with that short squeeze.
2: Because what AMC's doing, they're smart. They're riding the wave. But as soon as AMC makes a little money through their stock, they're selling it all off because they need cash. Let's break it down street level. If you have a friend who's always coming up to you, talking about let me borrow five, let me borrow 10 and they immediately spend that cash as soon as you give it to them, and they never give it back to you. Is that a friend to be trusted?
1: Man, I got some questions.
2: AMC is that friend who's always <laughs> begging, always begging for five, 10, 15 here. Dr- like, think of AMC when you're driving around town, whatever city you live in, there's always somebody on the corner with a sign asking for money. Mm-hmm. That's AMC. <laughs> How do we make movie going a thing? Again. AMC had pre-pandemic problems that haven't been resolved during the fourteen months of the pandemic. If you notice should we be optimistic? No. You should be damn you should be damn. extremely cautious because the streamers are now competing against each other in what is technically an arms race. I mean you you, you had ATT purchased Discovery, you had Amazon purchase MGM, Netflix has been bombing the hell out of people. Disney Plus has been bombing a hell
1: out of people. I saw today that NBC uh, is looking to buy WWE. Right. I mean, for like... Four
2: billion dollars exactly. So there's a because they need something for Peacock. Absolutely. So there's there's this arms race when it comes to streamers. It's scale, right?
1: It's all about scale. It's all
2: about scale. Yeah. It's all about subscriptions. It's all about keeping people plugged in on a monthly basis for the consumer. It's the value play. I mean, a ten dollar Netflix subscription as opposed to fifteen dollars a ticket to go to the movies. Now, what about the box office? What do we do with those numbers now? Those numbers doesn't like, matter. Those numbers don't matter because it was the first week that you know people felt safe. Like movie tickets, came out like in like. What, what does this mean now? I mean, we won't know if the box office is back until I mean, legitimately, let's get through the summer and see where let's get through the summer and see where we are. Because you still haven't had the you still haven't had the movies that can really test if movies are really really back yet, which is F nine and Marvel's Black Widow. See, I always like breaking things down to the simplest terms. Yeah, AMC is like your old aunt who's been smoking since she was ten years old, and now she's riding in the back of an ambulance to the hospital. And they're like, it ain't really much we can do for you, but we're going to take you to the hospital anyway. And as soon as you get to the hospital, we're going to call a priest. That's where AMC's
1: at. And she had a cig in her mouth the entire time. Right, exactly. When we come back, Sean Edwards takes us to the set. On the set with Sean Edwards. Did you like that? Really? Let's break it down. Are giving huh? people access
2: like that? I-, I ain't taking nobody nowhere until I get another margarita. Jessica! Where'd she go? <laughs> All right, she's over there helping my girl. Uh-oh,
1: y'all better watch this. On this show, we don't know where we're going to go. We're going to
2: take some yeah, walks. Yeah, we're going to take people everywhere. But well, we gonna we're going to we gonna, we gonna run on this one. Uh, yeah, Meet the Blacks. The first Meet the Blacks is the most incredible story ever. Uh, let me just do the disclaimer. I work for Hidden Empire Film Group, which produced Meet the Blacks. But when Meet the Blacks came out several years ago, it was like a small independent movie. Like the, the total film production budget was like $900,000. Man, like, compared wow. to a Marvel movie, that's like $5. <laughs> and it ended up grossing like $11 million at the box office, and it has been a hit online and on TV. Mike Epps, remember Meet the Blacks had Charlie Murphy before yes, he died. Yeah.
1: RIP. You know, as we pull one out, Charlie yeah. oh, how, yeah, 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 yeah. What's
2: it like? What was it like working with him, And How was he? Oh, man, Charlie Murphy is one of the funniest, most brilliant dudes ever. It just, Charlie Murphy is the perfect example of how life is not fair. Yeah. Because Charlie Murphy is every bit as talented and every bit as funny as his brother Eddie Murphy, but Eddie Murphy is the famous one.
0: You forgot about how you left Chicago. Huh? <laughs> With a whole lot of money and a whole lot of drugs. It didn't belong mm-hmm. to you. I'm not even gonna bring up the s*** sh- you stole. Besides that,
2: you know. What did I take? A space heater. I didn't take no damn space. You <laughs> sh- took my space <laughs> heater. <laughs> I right. Took my toilet seat. Out. With the dollar bills on it. A toilet seat? You know what the f- I'm talking I about? I don't even like toilet seats. I mean, sometimes it just happens. You know, Sylvester Stallone, way more famous than Frank Stallone, but Frank Stallone's way cooler. But I'll tell you what, just though, you talented. don't
1: have you don't have I don't think you have Meet the Blacks two without Charlie Murphy. No, you don't. You no, know his, no, 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 no. his contribution. His contribution
2: led to the sequel, absolutely. And so now you got Mike Epps versus absolutely. Cat Williams, who, for the record, and we should have, we should have a show on this. To me, in my opinion, okay, tell me. There's like a litany of really talented, funny, black comedians. I got Cat Williams at number two all time.
1: Number two all time. Now, you know you understand that you now, by saying that, you, we got to have an episode on this. We got to have an we gotta episode. We got
2: to do it. I got Cat Williams at number two. Oh, we cool? won't even get, no, we're, we're going to save it for the episode. Ooh, I got, you. I got you. Cat Williams, like, legit. I will take all the Cat Williams specials and stand-ups, and I'll load them up. And I'll go up against anybody except for one person. That's why I got him at number two. I agree. Cat do Williams that. is funny, and he's funny in yep. Meet the Blacks, too. Yep. Now, I'm not saying he's the easiest brother in the world to work with and get on set, and he's not the easiest brother in the world to get insured to do a movie with, but when he's sober and he's insured and he can deliver, He's the funniest dude on the planet, and he kills it in Meet the Blacks 2. It's the house next door Meet the Blacks 2, directed by Dion Taylor. We're actually having a, a premiere in L.A. on June the 7th. We'll have some excerpts from the premiere. I'll be out in L.A. Hanging Absolutely. out with Mike Epps, Cap Williams. Um, it's gonna be awesome, brother. Yeah, like, yeah. This Rick Ross, uh, Snoop Dogg. It's a it's a funny movie, man.
1: It feels like go
2: it, see it June 11th.
1: It's like a grassroots movement. That it's movie, so man. Grassroots. Like, it's if you so saw independent. It, you loved it. And it's you so ghetto. It.
2: People don't say ghetto fabulous anymore, do they? Ghetto
1: fab, baby. Ghetto where'd where'd that
2: fabulous. Where would it go, man? Baby, I think some new people just moved in next door. Welcome to my humble abode. Is that a black, bite-sized
1: cue here for me? I am a provocateur of fine-ass bitches. Hey, 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 no. Then high-priced pleasure.
2: Bitches is getting slapped over in that house. And your wife? Lorena? She ain't into no pimping She will be mine. What the f- What's the equivalent where we placed it?
1: Now, it's, it's just a link of a cell. It's no
2: more Ghetto Fabulous. We just everybody dripping now.
1: Bye, Felicia. So on our way out of here, my brother, what you going to watch? What are you stewing on? Is there something I can hit play on that maybe man? Uh, that's a, yeah. maybe some of these folks can, uh, can think about for a yeah, second? Yeah, I'm
2: about to watch that Sweet Tooth. Tell me about it. On Netflix. I don't know nothing about it. They just sent it to me and said, watch it. I think it's either DC or Marvel. It's called Sweet Tooth. It's on Netflix. I haven't pushed play on it yet, but I'm watching it this weekend. It's called Sweet Tooth. And then I'm watching that uh, documentary on Apple called 1971. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, 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 they're talking about 1971 was the greatest year ever in music.
0: I could see this new revolution coming. It was an anticipation of the idea that everything would go wrong, but that music would prevail.
3: 1971, I don't think the music was a reflection of the times. As much as the music also caused the times,
0: it was an incredibly tumultuous year. Politically, socially, musically. I think the music reflects the state of the society's in. All these bands were making music referring to protests and the Vietnam War. That was our language. I would like to say something that hasn't been said so much, you know. 1971 was a year of revolutionary consciousness. What's
2: going on? The theme from Shaft came out in 1971 alone. Yes, sir. I mean, in Marvin Gaye, "What's Going On," and then you got it like Carole King released Tapestry. It's right. gonna be big, and then we can talk about it next week or whenever it's available to the general public. I know I have a head start. I'm sorry. This guy. I'm not trying to start. This guy. us let, let, Let's talk about. Let's talk about Sweet Tooth.
1: Hey, El Publito! we appreciate you. This much. awesome. The,
2: thanks for the street tacos, margaritas, atmosphere.
1: I want to believe that all these folks showed up at the end because of us. Yeah, yeah, all the sexy ladies. We are sitting in the window. Yeah, like
2: every this. week we're going to be at a different spot. We're going to let them know. El Publito, four out of five popcorn bags. When you come in, ask for my man Israel.
1: <laughs> my name is Artelette Sean Everett. Yeah, we'll yeah. see you next week. Watch this. You're listening to the KC Morning Show.